Time for QuackCast 53, plus or minus 2, Reflexology. In the recent podcast on acupuncture, I noticed that the University of Maryland offered, amongst other supplements, complementary and alternative medicine, i.e. scams, reflexology. I was uncertain as to the particulars of this particular scam, and this Quackcast is a result of those investigations. Although messy in reality, science is a tool that gives us an idea of how the real world functions. People who observe some aspect of nature, often for a lifetime, and from those observations discover a pattern in the data. Tycho Brahe spent an entire life carefully measuring the orbits of the planets. The data was later used by Kepler to determine that the planets orbit an ellipse with the sun at one foci. If you have knowledge of the history of science, you realize what an amazing feat this represents, both in the measurement of the orbits and the analysis of the data. Careful observation, analysis of data, then conclusions. This is in contrast to scams, where so many of the interventions are discovered by revelation, and then developed independent of data and observation. Palmer in chiropractic, the unpronounceable discoverer of iridology. UCE and Reiki are examples. These geniuses discovered aspects of existence unseen by anyone before or after. In that time-honored pantheon is Dr. William Fitzgerald, who, at the turn of the last century, discovered that the body is divided into 10 longitudinal energy zones that end in the hands and the feet. (gasps) By massaging these zones, you could heal disease and alter bodily functions. These are reminiscent of the meridians of acupuncture, and I'm sure will soon be illustrated in the New England Journal of Medicine next to their meridian drawing. Dr. Fitzgerald named it zone therapy, and it went by that name until the 1960s, when Eunice Ingram decided that all the energy zones ended in the feet, that this was the terminus of the energy zones that was the most important aspect of zone therapy. The body, it turns out, is far more crowded than we could ever expect from our understanding of gross anatomy and histology. There is so much packed into our bag of meat, I'm surprised we do not explode. Although perhaps... Hmm, maybe we have a potential explanation for spontaneous human combustion. The friction of all the projections and energy channels described by various scams rubbing together in a tight space. There is the map projected on the iris with iridology, the maps on the ear, the tongue, the head, the hand, and the feet of various acupunctures. There are the meridians of acupuncture and zone therapy, the energy flows of Reiki and chiropractic. And there is the map of the body projected onto the feet and the hands by reflexologists. The feet must be particularly crowded as the maps for the foot acupuncture are different for the maps of reflexology. It is no wonder my feet ache so at the end of the day. Reflexologists are of the opinion that by manipulating the feet, 
hands, and sometimes ears that corresponds to body parts, they can induce changes in those body parts. Touch the liver zone on the foot, alter the liver in the abdomen. Alexander Pushkin could vouch for the veracity of a subset of those interventions. Others are the opinion that manipulation of the feet, hands, or ears alters the key balance of the patient. However, as the Reflexology Association of America notes, quote, no one definition will work in all situations, and yet, because of the multidimensional effect of reflexology. And it is true. These definitions are limiting. As they do not encompass, well, let's be nice and call it the curious concepts of reflexology. Quote, The purpose of the nerves is to carry messages and instruct the body. When the nerves improve the instruct the body, the instruction has to improve. The body has to improve. Every nerve in the body begins and ends in the hands and the feet. Wow. By applying this specialized exercise pressure on the foot, the outcome is improved instruction to each and every part of the body, resulting in re-education, a re-patterning, and a reconditioning of the nerves. Kind of sounds like Cambodia in the 70s. Instruction through the reflex neutral electrical system of the body. Also, every lymph vessel begins and ends in the hands and the feet. End quote. The hands and the feet are crowded indeed. Safe to say the basic premises of reflexology have no bearing in reality. There are not projections on the body into the hands and the feet. As I mentioned in the past, when I was a child, I thought that the Broadway in Portland was the same Broadway in New York, and if I kept walking, I would end up on the Great White Way. It is true, in a way, that the two Broadways are connected in the same way that the nerves of the foot are connected to the nerves of the liver, but it takes more links to get from one to the other than it does to get to Kevin Bacon. So, what can reflexologists treat? Damn near anything. It depends on the claim of the individual reflexologist. Like many scams, reflexology can help all illnesses and is not limited to a single disease. That lying in a chair and having one's feet massaged, eh, maybe I shouldn't say massaged. Reflexologists emphasize they are not doing massage. So having one's feet reflexed would be relaxing. That I would not deny. Sounds kind of pleasant. But does reflexology have any real effects on any pathological states? Besides sore feet? And while we are on the topic, why doesn't walking have the same effect as reflexology? Believe it or not, money has been spent testing reflexology in clinical trials. And here is an issue that really gripes my cookies, or maybe just a severe case of jealousy in reference to Altmed. In the world of infectious diseases, my specialty, getting to an intervention in human uses a long process. First, they have to find a potential antibiotic, discover the chemical structure, the mechanism of action. The antibiotic is then tested against numerous strains of hundreds of pathogens to see if it works in the test tube. Then there's a variety of animal studies looking for safety and efficacy. And then graduated clinical trials, phase one, phase two, and finally, yes, phase three, before the antibiotic is declared, say, non-inferior to vancomycin and human soft tissue infections. Reflexology and all other alt-med interventions 
bypass all these steps and go straight to clinical trials. Someone can pull a therapeutic intervention out of their... Huh, I don't want an explicit tag. Let's say thin air. Yeah, that's the ticket. They pull a therapeutic intervention out of thin air. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. They can pull an intervention out of thin air, and the next thing you know, good money is being spent to see if it is effective. When, if they started with basic principles, evaluating it on the basis of reality, it should have the same chance of being effective as more common substances found in, well, thin air. So, ignoring the fact that there is no reason to test the efficacy of reflexology, what has reflexology been found to be effective in treating? Almost nothing of note. It is not effective, according to clinical trials, for post-operative cortisol levels, headache, asthma, post-operative pain, cancer anxiety, irritable bowel syndrome, pregnancy edema, low back pain, ovulation, which I did not know was a medical problem, and multiple sclerosis. It helped in PMS, but not menopause symptoms. What a hodgepodge of diseases. I thought aspirin was the wonder drug that worked wonders. The alleged near universality of reflexology and other ultimate interventions is staggering. Imagine an antibiotic that not only treated viruses, bacteria, fungi, and parasites, but also treated infertility, headache, dementia, and postoperative pain. Only alternative interventions such as reflexology have that kind of power. I'm unfortunately stuck looking for an underlying cause of disease and targeting it with a specific intervention. How Western reductionist of me. While individual studies show no benefit of reflexology, what would a systemic review reveal? The summation of nonsense, unfortunately, does not lead to a validation of reflexology. Put all the small cow pies together and you get one big cow pie. The studies of reflexology are, not unsurprisingly, poorly done with small sample size and, not mentioned in the review, had no reason to be done in the first place. And the result of the systemic review, actually that's a systematic review, doesn't work. Now, here's an important thing. Studies in breast cancer patients suggest that human contact is what is important, not specific modalities. In this study, they took a bunch of breast cancer patients post-surgery, 183 of them, and they were randomized to self-initiated support self-initiated support plus reflexology, and self-initiated support plus scalp massage to control for physical and social comfort. And they did some surveys to see how they did. And they found that foot massage and, I'm sorry, reflexology and scalp massage were the same in improving the overall sense of well-being in these patients. There were similar effects found in dementia patients. These are all groups, breast cancer and demented patients, whose underlying disease leads to less human contact. I mean, seriously, have you hugged your demented cancerous nursing home patient today? I didn't think so. Monkeys and other animals groom each other 
and this often leads to a marked reduction in stress. Touch is good, and one doesn't need to wrap it up in pseudoscientific nonsense for, for it to be beneficial, issues with the priests notwithstanding. Well, maybe you do need to wrap it up in a little woo. Strange people offering to massage your feet because it feels good may be a little off-putting for some, and could lead to the authorities being involved. Plus, it probably won't be reimbursed. One doesn't need the woo of reflexology, projected maps, and altered key to recognize that people need and benefit from physical interactions. Like in the New England Journal of Medicine this week, Tai Chi was a benefit in fibromyalgia. Exercise helps fibromyalgia, and Tai Chi is a gentle form of exercise. No surprise that Tai Chi was a benefit. So is yoga. The mystical magic adds nothing. Curiously, in all the studies, they've never tested reflexology as an intervention for foot pain. And, as mentioned above, reflexology was unable to decrease foot edema in pregnant females. One wonders, really, if reflexology can't even help a foot problem. What good is it? The Irritable Bowel Syndrome study concludes, quote, I want to conclude with a note of caution. Although the results of the studies are quite clear, it didn't work. They should not be used to dismiss reflexology as a treatment option across the board, or indeed to argue the effectiveness of CAM as a whole. That should be H-O-L-E. The simple fact is we know very little about the effectiveness of very many treatment options in relations to very many conditions. That's true. We don't know if pixie dust helps myocardial infarctions. Reflexology in particular remains not just under-researched, but almost unresearched, something that is quite startling given the extent of its use, end quote. And this is somewhat mirrored in the systemic review. Quote, the paucity and poor control of existing studies prevents definitive judgment about the value of reflexology, end quote. Well, technically, in the world of evidence-based medicine, that's true. But in the world of science-based medicine, there is more than sufficient understanding about the workings of the human body to render a definitive judgment about reflexology. It doesn't work, it won't work, and it can't work, because it's based on nonsense. However, people still keep inventing perpetual motion machines. Just because the rules of the universe say something is impossible doesn't stop people from trying. I continue to try and shoot subpar golf. Wish me luck. The majority of studies demonstrate reflexology has no effects that could not be replicated by picking fleas off your mate. Or am I oversharing? At least I don't eat them. It has no anatomic or physiologic justification. Years ago, I was at a conference and one of my attendings was being detailed about a new antibiotic. The rep concluded with, and it's very popular in Europe, to which my attending responded, so is fascism, and he strolled off. Popularity is not a good justification for spending money and wasting patients' limited time with nonsense. The University of Maryland. Yet another good reason to avoid becoming ill in a state whose motto is, seriously, manly deeds, womanly words. With that motto, I think they have more to worry about than woo at the university. And so concludes 
Quackcast number 53. As always, go online and write me a glowing review at iTunes. And of course, email me if you want. There's not a chance in hell I'm ever likely to reply. I find emails daunting. I'm trying the Facebook thing. Someone needs to tell me what I'm supposed to do with it. And as always, links to my other podcasts and blogs are found over at moremark.squarespace.com because the world needs more Mark Chrislip.